very first episode of All About the Star here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Dave Sturgeo. Now, All About the Star, what star am I talking about? I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys star. I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. It runs in my blood. This is how I was raised, unfortunately. This is the way I've been living my life pretty much my entire existence. I think as, as fast as I could sit up by myself, my dad put me in front of the TV and said, this is your squad. This is who you're going to ride and die with. It is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, given he got to see three Super Bowls in his his time before I was even around. So America's team was America's team. Uh, gee, how does a dad become a Cowboys fan uh, back in, in those days, right? Yes, were they the most popular team on TV? Sure they were. But his fanhood started in like 19, like, I don't know, 67. I want to say he was 10 years old. He didn't want to follow the crowd. He was going against the grain, and that's exactly what he did. And of course, I hold him completely responsible for where I'm at today in my Dallas Cowboys fanhood. It all started on a 1985 warm, warm is it fall in September 10th? No, it's probably still summer technically, right? I don't even know. But <laughs> so uh, my mom's water broke on a Monday night football game. Joe Theismann threw six interceptions against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys won that game. My dad told my mom to wait until halftime to go to the hospital as I was literally making my way into the earth. Uh, but yeah, so that's how it all starts. And you know what? Obviously, the first couple of years, I'm not really sure of what's going on. 1989, the Cowboys go one and 15, you know, so and obviously the team started making a turn. You know, Jimmy Johnson comes in. They got Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman. Here comes the the Calvary is here uh, in, in those years. And of course, 1992, the one thing I could say I remember more about anything Dallas Cowboys related is the halftime show of the 52 to 17 Super Bowl win we had over the Buffalo Bills back in 1992. Um, and that was Michael Jackson. I remember him just dancing all over the place. And I think he started at the top of the stadium, if I'm not mistaken. But it was a phenomenal show. And I remember it vividly. So that's 92. So I was seven. So it's amazing the things that you can remember as a kid. But then there's things that I can't remember I had, what I had for lunch yesterday. So there's definitely uh, a method to my madness of what I can remember. Uh, obviously, 93. You know, it's funny. 92, I, I've watched a million times. A million times. Uh, that Super Bowl with, you know, yes, oh, I guess it was on VHS. Yes. Matter of fact, it was my my English teacher in uh, ninth grade, Mr. Sawicki. God rest his soul. He passed away a couple years ago, uh, but he gave me all of the Super Bowl tapes to watch. And that was high school. So I obviously already saw it a bunch of times, but he wanted to give me his collection because he knew how much of a big fan I was. So anyway. 92, I've watched a million times, maybe because it was such a blowout, um, and I just want to keep seeing the Dallas Cowboys score and score and score, and then I saw Leon Lett and him just, <laughs> I can go on and on about Leon Lett, but then there was uh, obviously 90, uh, 93, the back-to-back -back Super Bowl, yeah, I almost don't remember as much, I mean, yes, I've seen highlights a million times, and I watched America's Game, and this, that, and a third, but like, I don't remember that one as much as I do 92, and obviously 95, I remember vividly. Uh, I was at my dad's apartment in West Caldwell, New Jersey. Uh, we watched that Super Bowl go down. Uh, I remember crying when the Steelers recovered that onside kick and they pan over to Bill Cowher and he's doing the, let's go. And I'm just like, oh my God, we're going to lose the Super Bowl. But of course, ultimately the MVP of that Super Bowl, nope. Not Larry Brown, folks. That's Neil O'Donnell is the MVP of that Super Bowl uh, for the Dallas Cowboys because he just threw two balls that I just, I, I don't know. There was no receiver in sight. And the Cowboys win and win three out of four years. Now, what has it been like for me as a Dallas Cowboy fan since 1995? Well, I'll tell you what. It's been nothing. There's been nothing good. We lost Troy to a concussion. We lost Irvin to a neck injury. Lost Emmett to the Cardinals. Things just totally disbanded, and we just and never saw success again. Uh, we got back to the playoffs a couple times in the 90s after that, but it was just abysmal. It was horrible. And then I lived through the Chan Gailey years and the Dave Campo years and five, three, five, and 11 seasons in a row. And then I was finally happy when Quincy Carter was the Cowboys quarterback. I was thrilled with that. I thought this guy was an absolute stud athlete, but he just, you know, he wasn't enough. 
It wasn't enough for the Dallas Cowboys until until my favorite coach of all time, Bill Parcells. Yes, not Jimmy Johnson. And I know my guys over on the Jersey Boys podcast make fun of me because they think I'm a big Barry Switzer guy because when I was eight years old, I was interviewed in Dallas where I said, Barry Switzer will be pretty good. He's uh, He'll be pretty good. You know, and then, hey, listen, we won a Super Bowl, right? So I wasn't wrong. Uh, but then uh, Bill Parcells comes in, writes the ship. Then a guy named Tony Romo comes around and he starts lighting the world on fire and the Cowboys are starting to win games again and they're, they're winning division titles left and right but division titles in the nfl are nothing they're zero they went 13 and 3 in 2007 they were the one seed then they get decided to board a flight to cabo tony romo and jay witten like that that's that was just was it the dumbest thing i mean look do you have to play football at all times? Like, would you have to practice and watch film at all times? Maybe you do in the NFL, on the NFL level. They took a week off. He went out with Jessica Simpson. Jason Witten had whoever he was with. Maybe it was a suit your wife. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, so, you know, that game comes. They lose to the Giants. I'll never forget. I was so mad at my stepdad because my stepdad was at the bar with me uh, when they lost that game. My stepdad, obviously, uh, with my mom, they're having a grand old time. My mom doesn't give a shit. She's a Dolphins fan, so she doesn't have a, you know, a pot to piss in when it comes to football. But then, you know, he's yelling, who's the boss? And then talking about Kevin Boss at the time. So that 2007 season was interesting. Why was it interesting? Because, look, if you're a, a fan or a listener of the of the um, the Chop Sports podcast with me and Chris Gucci on this network, every day we drop an episode, uh, you'll know that I've been chasing this broadcasting ordeal for quite some time. Uh, in 2006, right after I got my associates in journalism, a lot of people go sports journalism. A lot of people go into the four-year colleges. I, I you know, I, I was thinking about going to Kane. I was thinking about trying to maybe get into Rutgers. These were aspirations of mine, but I said, you know what? No, I mean, I, I want to talk. I want to talk sports. Where can I go? Where can I go? I landed uh, a, well, I didn't land it. I had to pay it or I didn't have to pay it. My dad had to pay it. So my, my dad paid for broadcasting school for me, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, right in the backyard of Giant Stadium. Uh, so I, I do an internship there, uh, not internship. I'm sorry. I went to school. So then I get the certificate. Uh, and then they give you this binder. They give you a binder of like all these summer intern programs that are coming up and you can apply. Doesn't mean you're going to get the job. Doesn't mean you're going to get hired by anybody. Uh, so I decided I saw the New York Jets were hiring and I'm like, well, I'm in New Jersey. I got no problem with the Jets. I like the Jets. I hope the Jets win. I hope my Jets fans friends do well. Let me go apply for the New York Jets. Couple weeks go by. I'm still waiting to hear back from anybody. I applied to other couple radio stations here and there, but finally I get a phone call and I answer the phone. He goes, "This is Steve Venditti with the New York Giants." And I said, "Wait, hold, hold on, hold on, pump the brakes. What are we talking about here? I did not apply." Um, and he's like, "We're hiring production interns. Would you like to come in for an interview?" And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, "This is this is sacrilegious. I don't, I don't know what I'm about to do, but I have to make my way." into the world of broadcasting. And if this is my foot in the door, Dave, you're just going to have to nut up and do it. So I did it. And uh, I, I went into the pro, I went into the New York Giants interview with the big-ass star on my truck. I was driving a Dodge Dakota at the time. I had a star on my truck, literally parked it in the first row of Giants Stadium parking lot, the, the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the uh, employee's entrance. And I went in there. I killed the interview. However, the big uh joe scatchafaro who i believe pharaoh for uh pharaoh productions is still in business and i think they're still doing the the uh the production work for the new york giants because i did see a couple of the guys i interned with even or two years ago when i was at the giant game so obviously they're still doing well um i was uh i was told i was asked so you're a big giant fan you follow the giants all i did all i did and i swear to this was smirk i smirked i i gave a like half cracked smile and that man he read me like a book he goes oh my god you're a dallas cowboys fan i said oh shit yeah that's the deal i'm a dallas cowboy fan through and through i was hired anyway i got to do a one-year internship with the new york giants in 2007 what happened in 2007 the new york giants won the super bowl so i was a part of that staff uh it was gross the cowboys did come in and beat on the giants i'll never forget it this is a moment that I'll never forget for as long as I live. So uh, it's halftime. I believe the Cowboys were up. If I'm, I could be wrong, but I believe the Cowboys were up at half. If they weren't, it was a close game. I'm walking in the tunnel 
Not not so much the tunnel to the field yet, just like the the corridor area, right? Where all the you know the, the golf carts and all the teams, right? There's, there's a there's a pathway to the locker room and all that stuff. So I uh, I'm walking towards the tunnel, and here come the Cowboys. So now I'm like, oh shit! Like they're, they're I'm, I'm about to be front and center with the Dallas Cowboys. They're coming at me. They're they're right here. So I go into the tunnel, and the first people I see, truth be told, is Patrick Creighton and Terrell Owens. And I look directly at them and I said, guys, you better finish these clowns off. And they're looking at me like, wait a minute, this guy's dressed head to toe in New York Giants production gear. Like, what's he talking about? I said, and I looked at him, I said, I know what you're thinking. I'm with you guys. You're my squad. Finish the job. And I'll never forget, Patrick Creighton was like, I'll get you some swag after this game when we win. And I was like, let's do it. Patrick Creighton wind up dropping a third down pass in the playoffs and blew the entire game, but I digress and I will not hold that again. Actually, I would definitely hold that against him because he's the reason why we lost that game, part of it at least. Uh, but I did receive as a parting gift for that season, I received Terrell Owens' second touchdown catch of that game. Uh, he had two that game. I have the ball in my man cave at home. So that was a gift to me because even, even the Giants, you know, the staff, they knew I was a Cowboys fan. Not everybody, not the Maras or not like the, the ownership, but like my boss, he knew I was a Cowboys fan. So let's hook him up. Let's hook up Zamboni with um, – Let's let's hook up Zamboni with his and they call me Zamboni because that was my job. Believe it or not, I, I drove a Zamboni for five years. Yes, that's the good thing that cleans the ice. Uh, coolest job in the world. Hey, you get it? Do you get it? Do you got it? Make, let it register first, and you got it. Okay, cool. So that is what I did. They called me Zamboni for that, and I was built like a Zamboni at the time too. I was just a big dude, and uh, so yeah, I interned with the Giants in 2007. That was the year that the Cowboys were cruising. That's why they beat the breaks off them in New York cruising to the playoffs and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose I did get to see a lot of cool things though as a Giants intern you know I met John Madden uh, who thought I was supposed to be playing uh, I, I met him in Baltimore in the preseason um, and I just wanted to shake his hand he's like you, you look like you should be playing power and I was like oh, okay cool you know it's John Madden I just met John freaking Madden and then obviously Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were doing the games on Fox I got to see Brett Favre I got to play Xbox with Jeff Eagles, the former punter. There was a lot of perks. I got to meet Eli and have lunch with Bob Papa every Wednesday. And he was the first man to tell me that you can't deliver French fries. Like you can't order French fries for delivery. They get soggy all the time. And I'll never forget it. So, but that was my Giants internship story. Sorry to bore you with that one. But that's where uh, the, the broadcasting dream started. And ever since then, it was just, you know, not rinky-dink jobs. I, <laughs> you're going to laugh. You're definitely going to laugh at this line if you're a fan of Step Brothers. After the Giants internship ended and they chose somebody else to hire full-time, I did what every other average American person did, and I filed for unemployment, and then I got a job at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I swear to God, I did that. That was a thing. It's a true story. So when that line happened, uh, the girl I was dating at the time just laughed in the theater and I was just like I felt smaller than uh, an insect at that moment but I, I laughed it was a good line good line um but yeah so I've been chasing this for a long time I started podcasting in 2014 when I tore my ACL where did you tear your ACL Dave I tore my ACL in a professional wrestling ring that's right folks I was a professional wrestler since from 2012 active until about 2016 where I got my clock cleaned by a man named Christopher Avery Kuehling you might know him as CAQ I know him as Big Ben he gave me my final concussion and that was the end of that I did not want to do it anymore but I did tear my ACL in 2014 in which I was approached to say like hey do you want to host a podcast and you could talk wrestling and I'm like sure I've loved wrestling my entire life uh, so why not do that and I did that and then it transfer you know transferred into getting back into the ring for a little while then I realized you know what I want to be Joe Rogan let me just be on the outside the former wrestler who knows this shit let's interview guys you know then I became a ring announcer then I tried out for the Nets it, the, the story goes on and on and on but finally in February of 2021 pandemic aside I launched the Jersey Boys podcast in the beginning of 20 whew, when was that 2019 no 2020 was it right before the pandemic I don't remember I honestly it had to be the year before that to be honest because it was just a, a brutal year I don't know whenever it was we started Jersey Boys on Cinco de Mayo of 20 yeah 2019 it had to have been because 2020 last year was just weird um so I did that. We got picked up because we had an immediate following. It was great. We had Brett Ernst. If you don't know who Brett Ernst is, he's now a friend of mine. But at first, all I did was try to shoot my shot on Twitter and ask him if he wanted to come on my podcast that I was going to start entitled Stellar Sports 
talk podcast uh, in which Stellar Sports was born. I was supposed to be the media company I was supposed to run. Supposed to, supposed to, supposed to. I was supposed to do all this stuff. But I was on my own, and I didn't know how to do it by myself. There was too much involved. I was try- I was a one-man band, and it was just wasn't working out. So we actually segued into the Jersey Boys podcast. We got uh, a lot of traction, and we were picked up by SB Nation. So if you don't know what SB Nation is, that's uh, basically the who's who of, of uh, bloggers and, and, and podcasts for sports. So we're there, and I'm, I'm currently still there. But there comes a time where I feel like I had to take the gloves off. Like, you're not censored over there. You can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But you really can't dig deep like I used to uh, when before Jersey Boys was over there. Um, I can't say that this guy or this guy is a piece of shit. On, on that network. I can say that here. I can say that here. Will I? Probably not. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it as clean as possible. Uh, I don't curse like my business partner Gucci does, but I, I do. I get passionate. And when people say passion equals borderline insanity, and I think that there, there is a problem uh, that I have uh, with this Dallas Cowboys team where I care just a little too much. Now, there's been people that people out there to say, you know, look, they don't care about you. Why should you care about them? I think that there's a something. I think there's something bigger. Um, uh, I think there's something bigger to the world when you can't control something and like you have a relationship like the Dallas Cowboys to me is the only relationship I've ever had that no matter how many times it breaks your heart, no matter how many times it brings you joy, it's going to be there. It's the only constant in this world. The Dallas Cowboys are not going to fold tomorrow. They're the literally the most lucrative sports franchise in the world. So therefore, my relationship with the Dallas Cowboys is forever. And I'm not saying that my relationship with like, I don't know, per se, my wife or my daughter is not forever. Like those things are forever too. You would think you would hope at least with my daughter. It is, you know, I can't imagine, you know, we'll see, I guess uh, about the other stuff, but you know, do you, do you root for, for it to be forever? Sure. That's what you did. That's what you did the whole wedding thing for. But the relationship with the Dallas Cowboys to me is a little bit more. And, and I think it's, it starts with my dad and then it starts with the bond that it created between not only me and my dad, but me and my dad and my brother. Now, my brother, on the other hand, you know, a lot of people give him some shit for a maybe being a Dolphins fan first because my mom got the second child to to wear the Merino stuff and to wear all the green, you know, and, and the and the Dolphins t- uh, uh, turquoise, you know, those colors back in the day. And then the Titans came around and he's like, I don't want to like the Dolphins anymore. I like the Titans. His favorite player was Kevin Dyson. Yes, that same Kevin Dyson that was one yard short of a Super Bowl uh, back when they played the Rams. And then eventually he smartens up. And he joins the dark side. And I and I am big on frauds. I don't like fake fans. But ladies and gentlemen, look, my brother is not a fake fan. He has been in the house that me and my dad have yelled at the TV forever. And now I will say this with a bold face. And I know he's listening. He's probably crazier than me. Okay, and that's saying something because there is years and years and years where I couldn't even watch games with anybody. I would have to go to the bar, get as drunk as normal, like humanly possible just to watch a game to numb my brain, not to be a total, total mess. Now things have changed. It's 2021. Um, You know, I have I have a baby girl now. I have a baby boy on the way who will be named something, uh, something in Dallas Cowboys history. I don't know what yet, and uh, I'm still fighting that fight. Uh, but I, I think that there's a a definite cause for concern when it comes to my outlandish ways back then. It was bad ways. Like, I would smash things. I would break things. It would just be an angry, angry Dave, and nobody liked that. They called me Cowboy Dave at the Fox and the Hound in Edison because they knew as soon as I walked through the door that the bartenders and everybody had to be on high alert because they never knew who Dave was going to pick a fight with. And did I win all these fights? No, I didn't win all these fights. You know, I got jumped by like 14 Giant fans one night on a Monday Night Football game. It was horrible. But I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not that guy. I think it was because I had my daughter. Uh, I calmed down. The last destructive thing, and yes, that's a that's a play on my uh, my wrestling name, which was destruction. Uh, the last destructive thing I did was 2020, <laughs> which is not long ago. Uh, no, was it 2020? No, it wasn't even last year. It was the year before that. Uh, 2019, the Dallas Cowboys are playing the Green Bay Packers and, or was it last year? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, Aaron Jones scores like 15 touchdowns. It was bad, real bad, but he waved, he waved at, I believe that was Byron Jones. So that could have been 2019 still. Um, and he waves at him and I just, I put a fist through the wall, uh, in my living room. So obviously there's no way you can, you can't, you can't not see that. Like I had to fix it and it's fixed. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, not one of these guys that just leave things. 
it's definitely fixed. Um, but so, but after that, it's just like, now it's like the expectations for the Dallas Cowboys going into this year, uh, it, it, they're very high and I'm very optimistic. And my first guest that's coming up after the break is Jay Tuck, a guy that I actually started interacting with last year during the pandemic. He has a phenomenal YouTube channel, uh, in which he produces a lot of Cowboys content. And that's what this show is going to be about. This show is going to be about me connecting with all these guys that I've been talking to for a year. I'm talking, I have a laundry list of like 25 people that I want to interview and bring on. And if they're good, I'll rebring them on. You know, I don't want to sit here and do what I'm doing right now, which is looking at the clock and saying 20 minutes of me just talking to myself. I don't want to do that. That's not my goal. My goal is to bring and interact with Cowboys Nation. This is the most uh, unstable group of individuals you will ever meet. Uh, normally, they're optimistic. Sometimes they're just too, just they're out of their skulls. Like, what, what's wrong with you people? Uh, but look, Dallas Cowboy fans are one thing and one thing for sure, and that's passionate. Uh, and I, and I, and I, put myself in the upper upper class of that passion group i do i know there's people out there that have more memorabilia or they have more jerseys or they have uh more games logged at the stadium i'm in jersey folks so i can only get out there so many times but i do plan on retiring out in dallas i don't know how that's all gonna happen i just that's what that's the goal um you know, and, and like I have my family here in Jersey. I can't just get up and leave because I love my family more than anything else in the world. So I, I'm a family guy, and that's why I stay in this despicable state of New Jersey. But I will say that I am probably in New. I, I I'm up there, man. I'm up there in passion with the with the with the Dallas Cowboys. I really am. I feel like. It, it's to my demise sometimes it's to my delusion sometimes uh it's to my over optimism sometimes but you know what push comes to shove i put myself against anybody when it comes to passionate dallas cowboy fans and you know what i'm not trying to compete with everybody else because those are the kinds of people i want to bring on this podcast so that's what we're going to do here we're going to have some fun we're going to take the gloves off we're not going to worry about who's listening and who's gonna Ooh, what if the cowboys hear this then i might not get hired well guess what folks when i signed the contract to be 50 percent owner of chop sports those ships sailed. I'm not going to work for the Cowboys. I'm not going to work for WWE. I'm not going to work for, for any of these teams. Look, the most and the closest I can get is probably blogging the boys. And that's, you know, I do my podcasting for those guys as well, but I keep it as clean as possible. I'm not going to sit here and make threats or say I'm going to show up on, you know, on somebody's doorstep because they fumbled in the fourth quarter. No, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, pal. I'm not that guy. All right. I'm sure you've seen that TikTok. Maybe you haven't. Uh, yes. 35 years old. That I don't post on TikTok. I watch TikToks. I think they're hilarious. Uh, but you can follow Chop Sports on TikTok at Chop Sports Media. Our intern AJ runs that. Uh, but it's been a successful business model so far. We're having a lot of fun. And it was time for me to finally sit down and talk Dallas Cowboys as authentic as I possibly could. So there's no better way to do that than with my next guest, Jay Tuck. And it's coming up right after the break. What's going on, guys? This is Sturch, and I'm here to let you guys know about some new happenings with Joe Pizzamenti of Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. This time around, I want to bring you guys up to speed on some of the amazing health and wellness products. These products focus on providing happiness for people bringing out the four happy hormones in our body. That right away makes me happy. These products aid weight loss, sleep, mental clarity, and energy, just to name a few. They have even created your morning coffee to get your day started off right. That's not all, guys. Joe is in the giving mood. So now, if you mention Shop Sports, he's going to provide you with a free discounted private travel website that you can use to book your travel needs. Even better, if you become a customer of Joe's, he's going to give you guys a travel voucher that you can use for up to a year and are only responsible for airfare and taxes. Visit attitudeofgratitudellc.com for more information. All right, Cowboys Nation, we are back here on All About the Star. Episode one, the pilot is here. I know you guys have all been highly, highly anticipating this pilot after I launched it about, I don't know, two weeks ago, I told you I was going to do this. I was tired of being censored, so it was time to take the gloves off, and it's time to do more podcasting with more of Cowboys Nation. That's what this is all about. I want to bring on new guests, guys I've been interacting, guys and girls I've been interacting with over Twitter, over Instagram for the last year, uh, maybe even longer than that. I mean... This first guest needs no introduction, okay? Because this guy, I've been chopping it up. He's here in the Chop Sports Podcast Network now for the first time ever. Jay Tuck, my guy, bro. How are you? I know you're fresh off the plane out of Oxnard, right? 
Yeah, man, I'm fresh off the plane. So my, my flight got delayed last night in LAX. So I was supposed to leave like at 6.30, got pushed back to 9.30. So Kansas City time, I got here at 3 a.m. But I'm, I'm up, man. I'm up, ready to go, man. Talk some Cowboys football. And I'm honored to be your first guest, man, on the podcast, man. I appreciate you. And, you know, before we dive into things, man, you know, when I first started kind of like last year, you were one of my first guests on my show, man, and kind of see your growth and a lot of things that you're doing, man. Hats off. Salute to you, man. I see your work ethic. So keep going, man. The sky the limit man but yeah I had a good time in Oxnard which we're about to talk about yeah man appreciate the kind words bro yeah like I remember I was like I was trying to dive into the world of YouTube and I didn't know how big it was and then I saw your channel and all these other guys channels I'm like Jesus Christ like they're really putting in the work over on YouTube <laughs> like I mean I just watched before I got on there like, I watched your intro video and it was fantastic like you got the, the rookies shouting you out like it was just something to be said so the grind yeah. is there bro so I respect it as well and I'm trying to build an empire here in New Jersey while you hold it down where you're at and uh we're just trying to spread the good word about dallas cowboys football so that's what it's all exactly. about it's so all i about. got we obviously they're they're on youtube people know who you are on twitter they definitely know who you are you know everybody <laughs> knows who jay tuck is but i need to get to know you i get to re-get to know you and ask right. you a few questions about just how deep your your cowboys bloodstream runs um okay. so you're my age i don't even know i'm 35 so I'm 37. I got you by two years. All right, you got me by two years, but we basically grew up in the same era of Dallas mm -hmm. Cowboy football. So that, where does that start for you? So it really starts for me, like, you know, um, salute to my mom. It was her 60th birthday, and we were out there in Vegas, and she went out to, to Oxnard with me, man. But she was the one who started me as a Cowboys fan out the gate. So back in the day, the Dallas Cowboys used to practice at the University of Texas, and so I was – kind of living in Austin at the time. And so when I was young, I used to go out and see the Cowboys practice. So I got pictures as a young child with like Troy Aikman and, you know, Emmett Smith was always my favorite player. Now my household was always a Cowboys family, but it wasn't really until the Deion Sanders primetime era is when I really sat down and watched the Cowboys where I wanted to understand what was going on. And if I kind of had to pick one guy who really made me a Cowboys fan, it was primetime by far, man, because he was just so electric back then. You know, he had rap albums, shoes, commercials, like everything. Plus, I'm a Florida State fan. So seeing Deion Sanders as a Dallas Cowboy, that's when I was really glued to the TV. And I've been stuck ever since, man. They uh, they used to call me in middle school. I was the only kid. Kid, only fat little white kid that decided to wear a do rag, uh, and they would always call me. They would call me primetime, and I, because they knew, they knew I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, and they knew I was a Deion Sanders fan. Bro, my first car, Chevy Cavalier Z twenty four, was a nineteen ninety seven. Across the windshield, it said primetime. So they, prime time, I, I just, I ran with it the entire time, and I'm like, I'm gonna take this all the way to the house. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel you on the Dion thing. I do remember, like I always tell my, uh, my friend, like my friends and family who have always asked me, like, well, what's your first earliest memory i always say michael jackson halftime show i don't, I don't know mm -hmm. why but i'm always like that's what that's where like that super bowl obviously we kicked the piss out of the bills you know we do right. our thing but you really think i remember leon let i remember james washington getting uh, you know getting involved dude there's a lot of things i used to remember but yeah that 95 team was something mm -hmm. to be said for i mean Dion's running routes now you know right. he's playing yeah, wide playing out wide receiver yeah playing wide receiver and corner man like Dion was that guy man he was just yeah you dude. know we had we had some star power players in dallas before Dion, but like Dion for me really solidified it especially primetime football if you had sega man oh, you played prime so time good that's one of my favorite football games before john madden really took over but Dion sanders primetime football you know pressing yeah. the c button and see ya <laughs> that's that right bro thing, so I, I love primetime yeah you're taking me back jesus christ <laughs> uh so all right so the, the fanhood runs deep you're, you rock with the cowboys the entire time when did you know that you wanted to get involved in uh, a media your realm i mean obviously your your uh your youtube channel now has over 2200 subscribers which is unreal that's awesome um and, and you have a nice little following you got merchandise you're, you're doing your thing <laughs> with cowboys fans only and and i'm like i said some definitely something i wanted to model my business model off i was like dude this guy's got merch he's got this he's got that like i gotta get in you know i gotta get in that world so mm -hmm. i i, I beg the question did you go to school to become this or the, is this something that you kind of picked up on down the road as a fan <laughs> 
No, not at all, man. My actual, my degree is in business marketing, but I guess you can kind of tie it into what you're seeing today. But honestly, I was just a guy on Twitter who talked Cowboys football with the community for quite some time. And I have to give my hats off to Skywalker Steel. He was the first guy who reached out to me. He was like, you need to start a podcast. You need to start YouTube. I was like, man, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. Cause I was just too busy with everything else right. going on. And so he continuously stayed on me. And one night he just invited me. This is before I had anything really going onto his channel. And we sat there and he showed me how the live show was interacting with the chat you know i sat back on my couch I'm like we were going like for four hours like my wow. back was hurting everything but it was just like all right i enjoy this man so i propped up my old laptop my old macbook man and started making videos and one of my first videos was us predict me predicting that we were going to draft city land in the draft last year man and what my reaction would be so i kind of call myself wow like, look the at you father of the city lamb trade uh that's one of my first videos on the channel man but things have just grown tremendously in the in the past year man and i it's kind of start to build off of that merch, you know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now getting sponsorships, all sorts of crazy things. So it's surreal. And it really didn't hit me until this past week in Oxnard, man, when I was actually out there and you know, I had people who support my channel, like, yo, Jay Tuck, what's going on, bro? Can I get a photo? And it was like, well, what's, what's, you know, what's really going on? You know, you're meeting people's family and shaking hands. And so it really just lets you know that what we do extends beyond just talking Dallas Cowboys football. Like a lot of people watch our content on a day-to-day basis to get their Dallas Cowboys news, which we really built our channels and our platforms for. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, uh, to, to be honest with you, like I, I know that world uh, being in the pro wrestling realm, when people start asking you for like photos and stuff, you're like, wait, what? Why? Like me? Like I'm not, I'm just a guy. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So that's pretty badass, bro. So I, I have to know, do you know, can you recall who your first subscriber was? Was it Skywalker steel by default? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Sky. I mean, actually, my kids. <laughs> there you go. And so, and, and that's why I tell everyone who wants to get started into this, man. There's a lot of dark days. Like my first live show, I would tell my wife and my kids to go upstairs on their phone and watch my live show just to make sure anybody's watching. You know, because if you're watching a live show and you hop in and you see the ticker numbers like zero people watching, you're like, I'm getting out of that. So right. I would have my my boys and my daughter upstairs, like, hey, go watch the live show. They were commenting in the chat to make sure everything works. So. I think they were my first subscribers, but who was like my real true first subscriber, man? I really can't tell you. Um, Cause like it just said, started piling it, up it, right it, away. It started kind of just happening, man. So yeah, yeah but I, I appreciate everyone who's been there from day one. Cause like when you start, you feel like, is anybody even watching this bro? Uh-huh, I can uh-huh. do to do this. And you post a video and just like, all right, you got 25 views and just like, some of the, right, listen, I, I'll tell you this right now. Some of the more popular podcasters, especially in the wrestling world where I started, um, the the key to success for anything is consistency you know no matter how many people are watching it no matter how many people are listening it's just that you're still at it you know what i mean right. and, and that doesn't stop the grind does not stop so respect to your journey uh respect yeah. of basically knowing that you've been a fan pretty much just as long as i have if not longer right. uh based off of math <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. outside, and, so and it's also about man enjoying the content like it's dallas cowboys football like i can talk dallas cowboys football regardless if it's 20 people or twenty thousand people watching like it's just what I've always done. So, you know, like I said, I got started on Twitter. That's why you kind of see me immersed in the Twitter Cowboys community because I've been doing it so long. Like, it's not new. Like, I've been causing chaos. I've been tweeting. But now I kind of just put it in more of a package where everybody can get their, their content from me in one direct location. So, yeah, cool. I made it a point last year, right before, like, I guess it was like as soon as the pandemic started into, you know, just a little bit into it, maybe like March, I made it a point to get rid of all the people I didn't want to see from anymore and just mm-hmm. start adding Cowboys people left and right. And I'm telling you right now, despite the fact that our fan base is probably the worst of all time, because it's just, <laughs> toxic. It's, yeah, it's, toxic. it's like, yeah, it's very toxic people, but <laughs> some people are just like, Hey, we're to the moon. We go, you know, like, or they're just like, show me, you know, we're not, you know, what happened last year? And I'm like, you realize we didn't have a quarterback, but right. <laughs> you know, they don't seem to know that they just all of a sudden just like, well, the Cowboys are supposed to, you know, haven't won in 30 years or blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. like, that's, that's kind of where it all begins. And, 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 and Twitter was a, a catalyst mm-hmm. for me. I, I don't have the following, like a lot of these guys, but I just, broke over 2000 actually which is like i'm really excited about it's basically i'm not calling for followers i put out a tweet yesterday and i was telling you this off air that like got so much traction and all i said was this i people say i'm too optimistic 
But all I'm saying is the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders this year. And all of a right. sudden, people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they <laughs> came back and said, no, what are you talking about? This guy's delusional. Block him. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, so it's like totally two different sides of the spectrum. But The cool part is like when other fan bases start to attack you on Twitter, then you got enough Cowboys armed. Oh, so I don't have to do it anymore. Right. So I just like fade there's into the corner. Of, yeah, there's a bunch of Bills fans that got on me about some Cole Beasley con- uh, oh, comments. Jesus. I said that that we uh, we upgraded by moving on from Cole Beasley to City Land. And they were like, oh, he, Cole Beasley's better. I was like, all right, you know what? You're not, you I mean, let's, let's be honest. You're, 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 not, you're, saying, like, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, 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 duh, yeah, we upgraded easily from going from Cole Beasley to CeeDee Lamb. Like, what's the big argument? But, you know, Bills fans wanted to ride for their guys. So I was like, you know what, Cowboys fan? Y'all got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick him, boy. Sick him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, forget it. Forget it. So I I have to know. I mean, obviously, last year, going into the season, before the Dak Prescott injury, um, you know, we had some optimism. There was different, you know, obviously, Mike Nolan was in there. We were like, oh, this guy's, he's going to disguise so many things. And it turned out to just confuse the hell out of everybody. And nobody knew what the hell was going on. Then Dak Prescott goes down and and the rest is history. But going into last year, going into this year, what's the feeling? What's the difference? It's a lot different. I think one, we had conversations on Twitter about this last year. We didn't even know if we we're going to actually have the season. And so there was so much up and down going um, through last season in 2020. Now, granted, we were all excited about the draft because the draft went great. But you think about it, we had no OTAs. We had no preseason. We're getting a brand new coach. We had Mike Nolan, who was going to try to change the defense. And so there's a lot of uncertainties how it could really work. I think this year, I think the key word, if I had to pick, it's understanding. I feel like the players, the staff, everyone has an understanding of what the expectations are going into 2021. And you're already seeing that from what I saw through camp. And we'll talk about that here soon, but it's not a lot of confusion. We know what the expectation is. We know what our guys are. I think they know what Mike McCarthy expects. I think Dan Quinn has done a great job of laying out the expectations for the defense as well. And so you're not seeing a lot of confusion and a lot of, you know, uh, you know, pointing fingers like we're supposed to be in the proper location. It's just using your natural instincts, playing football because the Cowboys have always had talent per se. It's just putting them in the right position to do what they do best. And so I think that's what this staff is finally going to do. You know, you brought Kellen Moore back. You have, you know, George Edwards, some of these other coaches with head coaching experience. So it's a lot different. And just being around the the team um, this past weekend, like the energy feels a lot different um, in Dallas because one, I think they know that they got embarrassed last year. And then two, you got your quarterback back. You know, things are feeling a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm extremely optimistic going into this 2021 season. I'm drunk off Kool-Aid, man. Oh, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> hammered right now. I'm hammered yeah, yeah, yeah. on the Kool-Aid. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Look, I think that the Dallas Cowboys, uh, again, last year was a, uh, you know, a different story. They weren't able to rally behind a guy like Andy Dalton or anything like that. And Zeke, right. as much as I love Zeke, I was a big-time Zeke apologist over the offseason. People were just like, oh, he's washed. It's over. You know, but once I started seeing him fall out of, like, the top fives, the top top tens of people's lists. I'm like, right. are you guys kidding right now? You know, like, right. I, like, do you realize who this man is? Right. Like, do you right. realize what he's capable now, for of? For my fantasy football purposes, I love it. Push him out the top 10. Right. right? Because I'm trying to sneak <laughs> Zeke in the fantasy football draft. Right. But yeah, the, 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 the craziness that we saw going around Ezekiel, like he's done. We should get rid of him and trade him. Nah, pump the brakes, man. And Zeke is looking great. Like, I feel like Zeke's going to be more dynamic than he was in 2016 um, from what I've saw thus far. Yeah, I made a nice $500 wager at a, at a bar uh, when, we had our la- when we had our launch party for ChopSportsMedia.com. I did uh, I, I made a bet with a guy, and I said, $500 says Zeke Elliott has more all-purpose yards than a Saquon Barkley this year. All-purpose. And I said, yeah. that's not out of the realm of possibilities, you know, like right. I understand that probably Saquon will be dished off because Daniel Jones can't <laughs> extend the, the play and he's going to dump exactly. it off and he might get a couple more receptions, but I'm in that mode of, of Zeke Elliott pushing like 1700 on the ground, bro. Like I, yeah, I, I yeah. think that's a possibility. Yeah, I would say, you know, round 16, I would say as far as just rushing yards, but I think they're going to utilize Zeke a lot more in the passing game. We've been seeing it, in, right, in, right. at least yeah, in the from, pre- from, from camp. Right. Exactly. And what I'm noticing from Zeke earlier on is that he's actually out there trying to make players miss. Now, he's more he's more agile, and that goes back to his training. I'm not sure if you saw the, the training documentary about the guy he was working with yes. um, this past offseason, but it was all about quick bursts. And when I watched him this past weekend, like when he hits the hole, it's just so much faster than a lot 
lot smoother than what we saw last year. I feel like last year was clunky. Now maybe that could be due to the offensive line because you're running behind Terrence Steele. Uh, um, so, so <laughs> that turnstile, okay. But just his, but just his burst, his agility. I mean, the spin moves, like everything looks accelerated from Ezekiel Elliott, and he's not looking just to run and punish. He's looking to make defensive players miss. It's like so if you get him out in space, I feel like he's going to be able to take advantage of it this year with the new lean and mean Ezekiel Elliott. So. I would definitely take that five hundred dollar bet. If, if, if got another five hundred, definitely uh, put me in that man. Gonna, yeah. That's when I say Zeke's going to have a more dynamic year than he had in two thousand sixteen because you're going to see him utilized in so many different ways. And I feel like yeah, it's all up for Zeke. Yeah, I, dude. I, did you see? Don't you remember that first Rams game where he put the brakes on and like made three Rams miss? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. that's the new Zeke. Exactly. It, it was there last year, like I said, but it's just like everything kind of just unraveled quickly and just like, all right, you didn't have your offensive line. You He's putting the ball on the carpet a little line. too much. Yeah. Well, and I feel like he tried to overcompensate. I, I feel like once Dak went down, he kind of took it on his shoulders like it's going to ride on me, ride on me. Yeah, but you mm. ain't got your offensive line. You know, you got Andy Dalton who they know really can't put the ball out there. Now you got Ben DiNucci and Gary Gilbert. They're coming directly for you. It's a lot more difficult than what he probably expected. And I think he overcompensated and tried to do too much playing hero ball, which kind of led to him having so many fumbling opportunities. But I don't see that as being an issue with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I'm a Zeke apologist, I think that he's in for a, a phenomenal year. But speaking of camp, obviously you were out there last week, so I'm glad I got you as my first guest because I'm very interested to know the the atmosphere over there, what it's feeling like now coming into camp. I mean, are the HBO cameras up your ass? Like, I, I don't know exactly what this team is is playing. Like, yes, you're going to get the best videos that they put out, like DallasCowboys.com. They're going to put out the right. best highlights that you see, and that's perfect. But then, like, the writers out there that are doing it, whether it be, you know, Dave Hellman or Mashoda or those guys out there, they're doing wonderful things, but you're getting authentic videos. You know, there's no editing, right. you know, like it's right. a raw film. You were there. How does this team look like when you like, obviously expectations are one thing, but when you're seeing this team as a whole and they're starting to fly around the football, how do you feel about both sides of the ball? Yeah, I'll start with the most important side, which everyone probably has the question marks of the defensive side of the ball because yeah. we know how damn horrible we were Oof, last year. Just but a little bit. If I had to say, you know, something to really match what this defense is showing is team speed. It's so much faster, bro. Like when you watch how they flow to the ball, you watch the corners and coverage. They're just a lot faster in how they're moving. And that's, you know, uh, you know, it, Credit to Dan Quinn and Will McClay, the players they brought in in the draft with the boss men, Fat, and, you know, Micah Parsons, also Osa. And so you see Randy Gregory, he's playing. Oh, Gregory, Gregory's and like, quickly becoming I, I, one of my I, favorite I would players. Say, I, would kinda pull, I would probably pull the plug on Randy Gregory at Kent right now. I'm like, all right, you're, you, we've seen enough, right? Like, you, <laughs> all right, you're ready because, I mean, the one thing about the field conditions is it has been a lot of slips. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, he did a play the other day when he spun back and he's I'm like, all right, stop, done, we're done. All right, practice is <laughs> over. Let's go through walkthroughs or something, yeah, right. man. But Can we watch know, some more film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're done. We're good here. Um, but, yeah, defensively, man, they're flying around the ball. And I think that's also a testament to Dan Quinn and this scheme. I feel like it's simplified. They're not thinking as much as they were last year. And so I kind of gave the analogy on my channel. It's like, if I gave you a script right now and say, hey, Dan, read this script, or Dave, read this script, this script right now, all right? And you're kind of reading it, trying to, you know, you wouldn't be able to fully act it out versus if I gave you the script and let you study it for a whole month. And then now you're able to put your own personality, your own accent into it. So I feel like that's what the scheme is really showing with Dan Quinn is that, the players aren't thinking as much, so they're just playing football. Like I mentioned on Twitter today, there was a play where Micah Parsons, he tried to jump the snap, but he kind of stumbled and he was off balance like on one foot. And he still just shot off and went right up the A-gap and blew the whole play up. And it's just like, yeah, because you know A-gap is your gap. That's your assignment. Right. Whenever the ball is sni snapped, that's where you're going. And so it's not a lot of guessing with two-gap systems. There's also a play yesterday where um, the offense ran like a double motion play. Now, last year, if an offense was to run a double motion, we were tripped over our feet, probably right. call a timeout. But to see the, the 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 chain of command with the linebackers, they were all in position. Okay, you move here, you move here. Because I feel like our strongest linebacker core, to be honest, I know we did bring in Keanu Neal, but to have Micah Parsons, Jalen Smith, and Leighton Vander Esch as the core three, I feel like that's more than solid enough. 
Keanu Neal is going to be more of a project. He's kind of struggling in coverage because I said on Twitter, Dalton Schultz has been carving Keanu Neal up. Yeah. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, he, he, he has. But, you know, he's moving to a brand new position. So if you have to go to core three guys of having Micah Parsons, Jalen Smith, and LVE, that's a good start. But the team speed defensively, the windows are a lot tighter. The upfront pressure is crazy, even though we don't have Demarcus Lawrence out there. Um, Brent Urban's a guy who's been playing inside, also outside. I know a lot of people thought about Brent Urban just being kind of a run stuffer, but he's made some plays in the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Hamilton, also Watkins were having a decent practice. And so you're seeing a lot of rotational guys stand out early. And then as far as the secondary is concerned, you know, a name that we kind of talked about last year, but not too much, Maurice Kande, he is taking advantage yeah, of the Yeah, he opted, opted out because of COVID yeah, last he, year, yeah. He was an opt-out guy last year. I think he came from Baltimore. I think that was his last Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Might have even been the yeah. Jets, honestly. I, I Baltimore the Jets, yeah, one of those two. Yeah, Baltimore the Jets, yeah. But, you know, Jordan Lewis is kind of dealing with the issue. I think it's maybe his hamstring. So Maurice Kennedy has gotten a lot of opportunity in the slot, and he's gotten a lot of turnovers yesterday. He almost had a – well, he did have a pick six. Um, so you're seeing a lot of these players that we really didn't know really step up and take advantage of their opportunities. J. Ron Curse, um, another guy that we brought in free agency, is another guy who's getting a lot of reps. And so I'm excited about the defense. And then offense, man, the offense is the offense. Everything's good, of course. We just don't have number four back there throwing. Um, but from a wide receiver standpoint, CeeDee Lamb can't say enough about the kid. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You guys know how I feel about CeeDee Lamb. He was my number one receiver last year. So um, CeeDee Lamb was having a great camp. The offensive line is playing healthy. Zig is looking great. Um, we got Michael Gallup yesterday back from that little – Flip over the fence. Oh my god, I, dude! I, I'm sure you saw that fence being there, but like, dude, I, when that happened, I said, "Where are they playing right now? Are they on right. a little league field? Like, what is happening it, right it, now?" It looks like it. So it's like it's like a little league. I mean, kind of like a high school like rec field, right? Oh they got my god! Like you're an NFL team, guys. Right, right. <laughs> like, you, you would think, and it's right in the neighborhood where you can sit on your your patio and watch, you know, the the practice or whatnot. But you know, Jerry just loves the scenery in Oxnard, oh and Jerry god. has the key to Oxnard now, y'all. So he, we ain't going nowhere. Like, it's going to be out there. So he got. Well, like, I saw. I also but. saw you post about grabbing a hoodie. It was cold. It was well, yeah, it was cold, but I think it was because I came from Las Vegas. To oh, that, true. Kind of like okay, breezy seventy, and I was like, "What is this?" You know, I, you know, <laughs> I went from the desert to this, but uh, it was kind of breezy out there. But when when camp started, it was actually nice weather. But that night, man, you probably could wear a hoodie and some sweats. All right. um, but it was it was great conditions out there, man. But offensively, everything looks in sync. It's just really getting Dak Prescott back. Um, but yeah, like I said, everything is looking up and up right now as far as the Cowboys standpoint. How much uh, how much action do you think Dak needs in the preseason for him to get his feet under him? Obviously, I don't foresee him having any snaps against Pittsburgh this week. Um, right. As this airs, it'll be Wednesday, so this will be the, the day before pre- uh, our first preseason game, so that's why I'm like super extra hyped because, I mean, look, we got, we got a right. game football to play um but i right i don't think dak takes a snap this week but i'm assuming he probably gets his feet wet next week i would say maybe a series um next week i think um with the august 21st game versus houston i believe i think that will be his dress rehearsal i think from Dak's standpoint he needs to get hit like he yeah i mean he just needs to get hit he needs to, to, to fill it i feel like just having him kind of in a protective bubble and going out versus tampa wouldn't be in his best benefit and no. knowing that the competitor that he is he's going to want to go out there now it always comes down to how serious this shoulder thing that we've been kind of getting, you know, the situation about. I personally don't think it's too serious, but if they kind of see there's something that's, you know, some um, inflammation or something going in the shoulder, then they might want to hold them out to maybe just a dress rehearsal. But I think Dak Prescott will be in the will, will be the second preseason game and also that third one versus Houston, then he'll be ready to go. But I think he's going to be want to get out there get hit get rattled a little bit and yeah then, uh, i mean even yeah. the, even the day after all that shoulder stuff he was out there throwing left-handed i saw a couple of videos you know what i mean like he's out there taking snaps yeah. and running full sprints after practice and stuff this kid is a gamer and i've said it time and time again over the offseason i've been shouting it from the, the mountaintops that i think dak prescott will be the guy to end this drought i really do i i, yeah. I think that he's got that mentality and he's got he's got a drive in him that that reminds me of tony you know, that reminds me of Tony, and, and Tony was just, you know, he battled injuries for his pretty much his entire career, uh, and now that Dak Prescott finally experienced that long season-ending injury, 
uh, last year, and now a little bit of you know soreness. Everybody's sore, you know. It is, it is camp after all, but I think this kid's got that moxie. I don't know. I, yeah, I just he, feel that he, way. He just he just is. He's just a natural born leader. Because even I think the the videos floating from yesterday is that even when practice was over, he was the only one out there on the field still working. And then he even came over to the fans and kind of you know waved and talked to the fans. And so he's just a true leader. Like you have to if he's in the locker room with Dak Prescott, like you're gonna rally around this guy naturally. And right. I feel like that's what they missed last year. It's like the, the soul was just snatched out of the team. It's just like, all right, what's really going on? But if you have Dak back, man, he's going to make sure. You know that as long as you have Dak Prescott out there on the field, you're going to compete. You know, right. we saw that last there year. There will not be any laying down. Right. Even though we thought, oh, man, here we go, getting blown out by the Browns or blown out by the Falcons <laughs> like, or blown out by the Seahawks. Like Dak is going to continue to fight until the final whistle, and I feel like that's the sentiment the team is going to have, and which is a great thing to have. So, yeah, I'm, it's all up for four, man, and I just hope he just stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game nowadays, and that's that's any team, not just the Dallas Cowboys. Right. You stay healthy, yeah, right. the healthiest <laughs> team. He said that last year, yeah. which was kind of like, <laughs> man, did you write your own yeah, check on that one? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like the, the healthiest team will be the, the one at the end. And I'm like, well, that's I guess right. that's toast. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's all right, so us. you're at camp. Obviously, you've, you've seen it more in depth uh, as mm-hmm. far as like the guys that are not so much on the bubble, but guys that you could potentially see as the breakout star this year. I can't even – we can't lump in CeeDee Lamb because I feel like he broke right. last year. You know what I mean? I can't even say Trayvon Diggs because that man was trial by fire last year and played some mm-hmm. good football towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Who is your guy? Who is your – I don't I don't like using pet cat because that's the one that like, you're just watching right, and you don't right, know right, if he's going right. to make the team. Who's right. going to be the guy that takes that extra step that that either causes our defense? Because all I said was the Dallas Cowboys, if they have a ranked overall 14, 15 defense, exactly. this, this team's a problem. You know what I mean? That's like the spot. that's the sweet spot, I think. Is there anybody on the defense or the, I mean, the offense is like, just like you said, the offense is the offense. You know, we were mm. clicking last year. Dak goes down. The world collapsed around us. The offensive line mm. decided to quit. Everybody was just gone. Who's mm. the guy that, that is jumping out at you that says, this guy's going to take the Dallas Cowboys to the next level this year? Yeah, one of them I already mentioned. I kind of think of it as like if there are investments who I'd be putting all my money on right now and buying low would be Randy Gregory. I feel like Randy Gregory is is suited to have an outstanding year. We saw what happened with Robert Quinn did in this scheme, right? Because all the focus was shifting towards Demarcus Lawrence. And so with the four three under, Randy Gregory's gonna get a lot of one on one opportunities. And he's doing it day to day in camp versus the best <laughs> in the business with Tyron Smith. And so I feel like Randy Gregory, he's gonna be with well within 10 to 13 sack range now from from my standpoint like i said as an investment i'm bringing randy gregory into the office right now and just be like all right how much i want to get on this before we get to the end of the season that's just me but we know how stephen jones and jerry jones acts Mm -hmm. but i feel like randy gregory be one of those guys and the next guy is micah parsons like i feel like fans do not know how fast this kid is and dynamic he is. He's just a weapon of mass destruction, bro. Like, he can play the strong side. He can play middle linebacker. He can play wheel linebacker. He's been playing defensive tackle, defensive end. Like, and he is just a lightning rod of electricity defensively, man. So if I had to pick two breakout guys defensively, it would be Randy Gregory and then Micah Parsons by by far. Yeah, uh, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, were you the conductor of the Kyle Pitts train? That's that's who you wanted, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, was kind of I had to bring Kyle it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm still the conductor of the Kyle Pitts train because Kyle Pitts' <laughs> very first game of the season is versus Philadelphia Eagles, man. So <laughs> go Kyle Pitts. Yeah, score twice, score three yeah, times. Score, I don't... score, score. Welcome to the NFL man but right. yeah like like I said today you know you kind of saw videos on what you're hearing out of San Diego uh no Los Angeles now the Chargers about Rashawn Slater like he's just kicking ass out there yeah um, I saw JC Horn had two picks Patrick Sertain had a pick six today at practice let's just call let's this. just call it a really great class a really <laughs> yeah. great class like I said Cow- Cowboys Nation do not consider Micah Parsons as a consolation prize no. in his own right this kid is dynamic now if we would have traded back and got somebody else maybe would have screwed things up. But as of right now, Micah Parsons is extremely destructive. And I feel like he's what we needed in Dallas. We just never really had that guy who's just a quote-unquote war daddy that can really just cause havoc. And that's what I said in one of my pre-draft videos, and everyone kind of threw stones at me. It was like, no, we can't take a linebacker. I was like, well, if you want a Chase Young-type impact, 
defensively, Micah Parsons would be that guy because, granted, you have he's just not coming off the line. That's all, right? Like, he's just not coming, but he can come off. the he line. He can. You're right. He played the end in, in right. college, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that's the thing is like now as a, from a quarterback you know, perspective and offensively when your opponents are trying to scheme for us, you have to know where this kid is at all times. Is he a middle linebacker? Is he a strong side? Is he will? Like so many different things are going on. Okay, cool. Now you got to worry about Randy Gregory coming off the edge too. <laughs> right. You know, okay, perfect. Now you got to worry about Demarcus Lawrence. And then even though he's kind of not what a lot of Cowboys fans expect, you still have to be aware of Jalen Smith as well, especially when he's just coming downhill. Jalen Smith lateral and dropping back in coverage. Okay, cool. I get it. But just coming downhill, coming towards the quarterback, blitz scheming, he's still a dynamic linebacker and, and, and that right. So we now have a lot of players you have to scheme around because last year and some years prior, it was just like Demarcus Lawrence, we're going to double team, chip his way, and then we'll deal with everyone else later. So I feel like that's the great thing about this Dallas Cowboys defense, the youth, the athletic athleticism the speed and just the talent perspective yeah i mean the guy you just mentioned before i mean there wasn't a more i don't know leader of the hate club not a hate i hate's a strong word i don't hate anybody uh but i was a very very big non-supporter of a jalen smith uh, of the way he played football last year and i mm-hmm. think the way you fix jalen smith is what you just said you put him in the position that he can excel the most at don't make him do too right. much you know right. you got a dynamic guy in parsons now and even lve is looking really good in in right. training camp early at least and you, you just you know you cross your fingers and hope that he stays healthy but exactly. a guy like jalen smith i think you know if you just put the other stuff away for a little bit the, the, you'll grow on everybody again like mm-hmm. i the swiping and the branding and those are i get it bro me and you are both in the business of of branding (laughs) ourselves right right? we that's what we have to do but but you gotta you know don't tell us to check the tape because that's not a good idea (laughs) well it all it also from Jalen's standpoint his defense right from branding like you play for the dallas cowboys like very true they're all about branding over football too so it's like all right he kind of matches he's actually the perfect fit (laughs) right he's a perfect fit branding over winning right Uh, football so you know but like i said i think Jalen's gonna have a much better season i think because as the reasons that we both mentioned it's going to be simplified for him. Not as much thinking. Like, you think about it. Sean Lee went down. Leighton Van Der Esch went down. It's Jalen Smith and Joe Thomas. And Love Joe Thomas, know, though. I'm a big yeah, Joe Thomas I, guy. I, I, I like Joe Thomas, but I felt like Jalen had far too much responsibility last year in a scheme that nobody pretty much knew what the hell they were doing anyway. Right. So it's like you got the wrong person trying to direct traffic right. in whatever they were trying to accomplish. And so I think Jalen Smith's going to take a, a leap forward back to what we saw in 2019 before last year from your mouth to god's ears my friend because i I swear we need something out of jalen bro we absolutely need something out of jalen smith this year clear eye view man right clear clear eye view i'll give him a clear eye view all right so i have to say and i have to wonder as as we wrap this up a little bit it's august it's august 2nd as we record as this release it's august 3rd they haven't even taken it down yet all right they haven't stepped on a football field uh in a game scenario yet as we're talking now if this team as constructed right now we didn't even talk about malik hooker we didn't talk about the guys they've been bringing in here and there um you know there's the the rumors of xavier howard i doubt that actually happens i actually spoke Mm to uh patrick walker and katie drummond about that and they both think that like there's a way to do it but they don't see him doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks but, like reports today him and Flores are moving towards contract. All right, good. Good for him because, I mean, the kid needs to get the bag. So, look, the Cowboys haven't st- stepped on the field yet, but they will on Thursday. Um, if people are listening to this even after the game on Thursday, God willing, there's no injuries or anything like that. Right. You're looking at the team constructed right now. The offense looks to be firing on all cylinders with, with four behind center again. The defense, obviously, new look, new coach, new scheme, new everything. Where and how far can this Dallas Cowboys team go in your eyes of Jay Tuck? Where can the Cowboys go? I feel like we're Super Bowl contenders. Like I said that even last year, um, not knowing what everything was going on, but I feel like if you keep everything healthy offensively, we are going where we should be a top five offense, right? And I made a video on this. The teams that really compete for Super Bowls and also for playoff contention, what's the one thing that they're good at is turnover margin. So at the end of the season last year, as 
horrific we as we was, right, our defense was still starting to get turnovers. So if we're able to keep that trend and we clean up the Ezekiel Elliott fumbles and we're not having Andy Dalton and Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci just toss the ball away, well, then naturally that should put us in more contention just by doing that. Now, I feel like it's going to be more of a slow play, especially with a lot of these younger guys. Like, you're going to have some of these corners like Kelvin Joseph and, you know, even Maurice Kennedy and, you know, Jordan Lewis. Like, it's going to be a slow play until you start to see things really evolve. But I feel like initially our offense is strong enough to carry us um, from that standpoint until defense can meet us halfway. And so I think Super Bowl contention is the absolute measuring stick for the Dallas Cowboys, and it, it should be the expectation. Granted, even I have the NFC East champions hat on. Like, Oof. that's not – You're that guy. Like, You're that guy, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already <laughs> speaking into existence. Already, already, I'm already putting that into existence, right? But I feel like the measuring stick, because you think about it from a whole point, you have Tampa Bay. You have uh, Green Bay. Oh, by the way, they're 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 beating Tampa Bay week one. Tampa Tampa Bay. So I will be there live and direct, man. Oh wow, the game nice. In Tampa man. So I'm going. And, you know, I'm meeting you down week three. Well, Philly, yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm man. going down so, yeah. for that Monday night football game with Brett yeah. Ernst of my Jersey Boys podcast on the uh, uh, which I'm well, blogging the Boys podcast network. I'm going down with him. You got something going on with Jalen, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on by, man. Maybe you should meet Jalen. There you go. <laughs> I'll shake his hand. I'll be like, dude, I'm so sorry for all the things I said. Get it done this year. Yeah, exactly, man. But yeah, so we got an event with Jalen Smith going on autograph signing session, photos, and all that stuff. Um, huge party because, like we said, we Saturday, but we don't play till Monday, so we got to have some fun and celebrate. Oh my bit. god, I'm. I'm um, Brett's got a Brett Ernst got a comedy show on Saturday. I talked to a couple of the oh. girls that are going to be out there, like uh, Megan Murray and then uh, Kelsey Charles and girls like that, and all the the, the writers. I, I want everybody to get together. You got to yeah. tell me where you're at because I got yeah, people on Twitter telling me uh, it's going to be a, a, an absolute party um, down there. Because you know what. Brett's a busy guy, and I'm going to be probably on my own. So <laughs> I'm going to need yeah, something to do. absolutely, man. We'll, we'll definitely link. And that's the cool part about Oxnard is, like, I got to meet, you know, Law Nation. I got to meet Vodge Lombardi. And so many people you have shows with, do, you know, cameras and podcasts with. But to actually sit down, shake hands, have a beer or two, and talk Cowboys football, man, it was, it was some great stories going on. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Super Bowl contention is that. Like, I feel like that's what this team is destined to do. As long as Dak Prescott stays healthy, I mean, that's the real key. Like, if I have Dak, I'm putting the Cowboys versus anybody maybe it's the fandom in me but there's no team in the nfc that scares me but hell we even played kansas city in november and they don't scare me so it's like you give me dak i'm ready to go compete against anybody last year i kind of got humbled a little bit because i'm a quarterback i think we all i think we all got humbled <laughs> yeah, a little like, bit all right all right you're sitting back watching this game versus the steelers you're like oh bro we have no chance you know, so it's like, um but yeah, I feel like Super Bowl contention is where the Dallas Cowboys should be. I feel like I have us like an 11 win um, for the regular season. Um, you know, I feel like everything going the way it should. But I feel like Mike McCarthy is going to have a much better season as a I coach. think so, too. Um, I feel like he's going to find his footing. Kellen Moore is going to be a lot better. I work and with I a like, guy. Now, my business partner here at Chop Sports is uh, a, a, the biggest – Packer fan known to man um, and he basically was giving me the the Jason Garrett treatment where he's like I had this guy for 10 years and we got uh, one bowl out of it I'm like bro you not kill for a bowl right now right, are you kidding exactly. me right now but but, 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 but but they're thinking from just the standard of just having one Super Bowl from Mike McCarthy but look at the consistency that they had and me right. as a Cowboys fan I mean granted it'd be nice to win six more rings in the next six years but I want consistency I don't want to go to the NFC championship game this year and then we don't make the playoffs next year and then we win a divisional game the following year and then we, you know, like I'm, I'm tired of that fluctuation like I want consistency of a, uh, playoff appearances and contention and I feel like Mike McCarthy has more than enough skill set to actually bring that to Dallas, especially when you have the quarterback, the caliber of Dak Prescott. So um, that's the standard I'm holding us by, Super Bowl man, um, contention. Um, but we'll see, man. I'm is with you, bro. 10-11 wins. You think that's, that gets it done it. in the NFC East? You think that gets it done, 10-11? Yeah, that, that should get it done. I feel like, you know, and of course, everybody in the NFC East kind of aimed at me on Twitter. I feel like the Giants are kind of the, the target um, as far as who's going to be competing with us. And then Washington fans were like, what about us? We dog. I'm like, you dog walked Andy Dalton last year. But like, <laughs> pump the brakes. Like, we all saw the game on Thanksgiving. Andy Dalton got his head knocked off. And right. It kind of stood back and looked like, all right, whatever. What's, what's for dinner? Like, right. that's not the thing. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not, that's not who these teams are going to be facing. And I tell Cowboys fans, go back to week one when we played the Rams. I feel like we're more closer to that team that we saw week one versus than when we saw at the end of the season. So, of course, you know, we were well in contention with the Rams, who you know was a contention playoff team. Um, you know, few play calls, 
going the wrong way. There's Jaylen a Ramsey listen. Flop, there's you know, there's there's game. things that we glared over because I mean there's only so much time on a podcast, but like you know the the return of Blake Jarwin. You know there's right. so many things not, that not just that, but also uh, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, dude, and becoming the man. Like that's crazy. Now we really have we we're like really focused just on Blake Jarwin coming back, but now Dalton Schultz is really taking the the, the bull by the horns, and now we have two tight ends out there where. It, it, either or can be tight in one. So you add that, we can run, you know, two tight end sets with Ezekiel Elliott. You also add Tony Pollard to the mix. Yeah, we didn't I even mean, talk about Pollard, right? Yeah, Malik Turner, you know, wide receiver. Noah Brown's having a great camp thus far. Cedric Wilson, like, offensively, we should be top two, top five at the worst. And so, yeah, defense just can you meet us halfway? Yeah, can you meet us halfway? Get to the middle of the pack. Take the NFC East out. Do our thing there. Make a nice little mm-hmm. run. The only teams in the NFC that actually scare me long term is you always got to give the Aaron Rodgers effect into it. Right. I think that now that he's back in full swing, like that team's <laughs> going to be good. The, I thought we were about to get rid of him. I was like, I was hoping to retire. Right. <laughs> just go host like, Jeopardy, bro. Please. <laughs> Please do some game yeah. show, something. Just get off the field. But no, now right. that Rodgers is back, he's probably the one I kind of worry about. I think the Rams are going to take that next step again this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like them with Stafford uh mm-hmm. the Bucks are the Bucks I mean they signed back everybody but you got to right. assume there's a little regression a little bit now I'm not saying exactly. they're going to be world beaters but you know I think that they regress a little bit so I think Dallas is right in the mix of all mm-hmm. this and yes it's early yes things happen there's going to be injuries there's going to be things that we question if we have enough depth like it mm-hmm. is August 2nd as we record this you know what I mean we still mm-hmm. have a right. month before there's meaningful football a month and a week rather so all right it remains to be seen, bro. But Jay Tuck, my guy, look, it has been an absolute honor to have Absolutely. you back on. I say back on because it feels like it, ne- <laughs> it feels like we never left um, right. as far as last year is concerned. But it's a new year. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's band together as Cowboys fans and Cowboys Nation on Twitter. Where can people find you all over the place? Plug away, my man. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at jtuck151. I appreciate all interaction from Cowboys fans, but also just other NFL fans in general. Man, I'll respond back to some of you guys, depending <laughs> on your fan base, right? You might not like my response, but you'll get one. Um, and also, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cowboys Fans Only. I appreciate all the support. Like Dave said earlier, man, we're growing at a rapid rate now, uh, but I cannot do that with all the fans, Cowboys Nation, even got, you know, other fan bases who now follow me. Um, I appreciate all support. And then if you want your merch, go to CowboysFansOnly.com. Um, get your official merchandise from the CFO channel, man. So I'm restocked the store. Got a lot of new gear out there, man. So definitely continue to show support, man. And I'm ready for the season. And we'll see y'all in Tampa. I'm going to have to get that uh, that Micah Parsons shirt. That, shit, yeah, that is tough. Everyone, everyone, sorry, sorry, I was, like I said, I was out in Vegas and I went to um, the Raiders Stadium. Um, the Light, I saw you're wearing uh, it. Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went to the Raiders Stadium, which is nice, but I wore my Parsons shirt and I posted on Twitter and everyone's like, where can I get that shirt? Where can I get that shirt? I'm like, CowboysFansOnly.com. Link like, in bio, my yeah, friends. Link, link in bio. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I was wanting to make a Parsons shirt in the draft, but just conceptually, like, I just never had the vision for it. I, I have like, a, oh, I have like, a concept. I have a concept <laughs> in the works, um, and I think it's going to be a banger. So just stay tuned yeah. for that. I, I yeah, yeah, obviously, you're it you're the inspiration. Play. It has to be a slow play, man. Like sometimes you got to just let it come to you because a lot of people are like new, new new merch, new merch. Like let me let me sit back and right. grab a few beers one night. And it's like all right, this I want a dog off the leash. Like I love it, rock star made. Like here we go, man. I love so, it. I love definitely it. Definitely show support. I'll have to go purchase those shirts but jay tuck man thank you so much and of course let's go cowboys this has been yeah. episode one of all about the star podcast here with dave sturcho and of course his guest jay tuck good luck to the dallas cowboys this week as they take the field against the pittsburgh steelers i don't give a flying shit if they win the game just stay healthy nobody healthy. go down right. so for right. dave sturcho and of course my co-host today jay tuck this has been episode one and we'll see you guys next week